Fortunately for the Memphis Grizzlies, their season has come to an end. But while the season did end with an unfortunate loss to the Utah Jazz in last night's Game 5 of the opening round of the Western Conference playoffs, while the season ends, the future now begins. And the future is even brighter than many anticipated it could have been just simply a few weeks ago with how well many players on this team have performed since the regular season ended and how competitive they, competitive they were in this playoff series. Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. And though it may be a bit of a downer, that the Grizzlies season is now over and that we don't have Grizzlies basketball to look forward to. It's going to be several months till we get back to Grizzlies basketball. There's still so much to look forward to and so much to cherish from this season, and we're going to break it all down for you in the coming shows over the next few days, weeks, and so on. And this show specifically, we'll break down Game 5. Not much really to break down with how dominant the Jazz were, but we'll talk about Game 5 in Segment 1. In Segment 2, four instant reactions from this playoff series and what it means for the Grizzlies in the present and in the near future. And in the third segment, I'm going to talk about how special this experience was from someone that covers the Grizzlies, for the players, for the fans, just in general. The specific reasons why this particular setup for the Grizzlies against the Jazz was special in this first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter. Myself, Sean Coleman at StatsSAC. My name is Sean Coleman. For those who have been listening to the show for years and throughout the season, thank you so much for your support and hope to certainly have plenty more going on in what will be an exciting offseason. If you're a new listener, welcome. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member with the Memphis Grizzlies. have been covering the team for nearly three years with the great group over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've been doing the Locked On Podcast, uh, the Locked On Grizzlies podcast for over a year. The one place where you can get your uh, latest Grizzlies news, perspectives, insight, and honest truth Every day, your Grizzlies every day here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. And of course, we want to remind you of our title sponsor, which is Michelob Ultra. At the end of this segment, I will name the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It is only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week after this segment. So, of course, the Grizzlies lose Game 5, 126 to 110. And let's put it this way. The score itself, 16 points, you know, could can easily be labeled as a blowout. But that score itself it makes it seem as if this game was much closer than it actually was. The Grizzlies were already down 16 points. Less than six minutes into the game. That's how hot of a start the Jazz got off to. If you got a late start into the game, or for some reason wasn't there at the start of the game, whatever it may have been, by the time that you logged into the game, probably three to four minutes into it, it was already over. That's the absolute truth. Donovan Mitchell was absolutely on fire once again. The Jazz started off six of eight from three. The Grizzlies just simply had no answer. It was a bit disappointing, obviously, because of number one, how competitive the Grizzlies had made things despite the Jazz getting off to great starts since Donovan Mitchell had returned in Game 2, and with the fact that the Grizzlies seemed to make a few improvements. Coach Jenkins himself said in the pregame he thought that there were some defensive improvements in Game 4, but they were nowhere to be found in Game 5. 
The Grizzlies just had no answers for the Jazz. And once to see, once it got to 16, a 16-point lead, it got out to 20 and remained around 20 points for much of the first half. The Jazz put it all the way up to 24 by halftime. In the third quarter, it got away all got all the way up to 35. The Grizzlies played their starters and they got the score back to it then. You know, you know, it, it one point in the first half, all the way back down to 15, the final score obviously back down to 16 points. But the Grizzlies were never in this game. That's that's how dominant the Jazz were. The Jazz put on another reminder of what playing a full 48 at a high level looks like. They absolutely dominated the Grizzlies in this game. And the Grizzlies just simply had no answer. The Jazz were just simply the significantly better team and they showed it. And you have to tip your cap to them. You have to tip your cap to them. They played to the level that they needed to to end this series, number one, for good, but also to end it on a high note going forward. So yeah, there were a few disappointments from it. You know, yes, they did, you know, you would have much rather preferred the Grizzlies to have been competitive. Obviously, you would have preferred for them to win the game, but that was never in the cards for tonight, even after the first few minutes. Few disappointments were that the adjustments were not there defensively that we saw at times in Game 4. Uh, the rotations were, were, were still in place. There wasn't a lot of creativity with the rotations. And so, you know, it seemed as if while the Jazz certainly were making the adjustments needed and the Jazz were, you know, doing what needed to be done to improve their play, you would hope that the Grizzlies would be able to do the same after seeing the same team four straight times, but it just wasn't there. And that's fine. You know, it's fine for it to be disappointing with how the result of this game played out. It was, you know, I didn't expect for the Jazz to come out and blow out the Grizzlies, though I think it's fair to say you expected the Jazz to win and close this series out at home. But for the fact that the Grizzlies got blown out like they did, and just for it to be just so clearly not their night early, that's a bit of a disappointment. But, you know, at the end of the day, and, you know, this will be a recurring theme over the next several shows through the coming days and weeks and so on, at the end of the day, you just kind of realize the writing's on the wall. You accept it. You're, you cherish what this experience has been in this series, and you simply move on. But the thing is, is that there were still some great performances in this, in this game alone. John Morant, for the fifth straight game, the first five games of his playoff career, once again, made history. He's done it every single time that he's played in this series. Now, in tomorrow's episode, where we fully break down and get into what to take away from the Grizzlies' performance in the series, we'll put just how historic his performance in this playoff series, we'll put, we'll put it into historical perspective in many different ways on tomorrow's episode. But tonight, John Morant became the youngest player in NBA playoff history, the youngest player in NBA history, to have 25 or more points, 10 or more assists, and 5 or more threes in a playoff game. He and Dylan Brooks became only the second pair of teammates in NBA history who each scored 20 or more points in each of their first five playoff games of their career. Dylan had 27 points on 9 of 18 shooting, once again showing that he 
can form a formidable one-two scoring duo, duo with John Moran. Yes, the defense wasn't there. Yeah, that, that certainly is the case. The defense just was not there this whole series. Donovan Mitchell, unfortunately, is just not a good matchup for Dylan Brooks. He has absolutely dominated the Grizzlies in the six of seven or in the seven of the eight games that he's played this year for the Jazz against the Grizzlies. Excuse me, six of the eight since he missed game one. But both Jaw and Dylan once again showed that they belonged on this stage and that they were productive players. Both Jaw and Dylan easily have been two of the top 20 offensive players in the playoffs this year in this first round. I don't think anyone, even two months ago, would have been able to say that confidently. That I don't think anyone in March, for instance, would have been able to say that two months later in May, John Morant and Dylan Brooks would be two of the top 20 offensive players in the first round of the NBA playoffs, but their numbers absolutely back it up. Definitely a positive. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 15 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 3 blocks. His defense probably wasn't as consistent in this game as it had been in games 3 and 4 in Memphis, but still a solid performance. And just overall... This team had their best three-point shooting game of the series. Now, it's probably because the Jazz just were not putting in the same defensive effort once the game basically was put to rest or already out of hand, you know, early in the first half. But it still is good that this Grizzlies team was able to make 14 threes on 38% shooting overall. It was a great note to end on. So there are still plenty of positives to take from this game, despite the fact that it was a season-ending loss and the Grizzlies got absolutely blown out. But what specifically, on the bigger scale, on the overall scale, is there to take away in terms of an instant reaction from this series about the Grizzlies moving forward? From Ja Morant to the defense as a whole, I'm going to spot. I'm going to put the spotlight on four things that I think really stand out from this series that give clear indications about what the Grizzlies need to know about themselves now and how they can improve moving forward to capitalize off this experience to where they can become a sustainable winner and perennial playoff contender much earlier in the process of the rebuild than really anybody gave them a chance to be. It's time once again to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, and it should come as no surprise. The Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Ja Morant. And the simple reason why is because Ja Morant, in his debut playoff performance, had one of the most historically productive playoff debuts, not only for a player his age, but of any player's playoff debut in NBA history. And every bit of it was needed to make this Grizzlies team not only show that they belonged in the playoffs, but that they could be a competitive against the NBA's best team. And John Morant continues to show that he does this every time out now when the Grizzlies have to, when their Grizzlies are facing this comp toughest competition. On the biggest stage, Josh shows the happiness and the joy that he has on being able to shine, not only for himself, but for his teammates to put the Grizzlies in the best chance to win. And that's the enjoyment overall that this team has whenever they play together because they know that they can make the most of the occasions of these occasions because of the fact that they enjoy playing with each other so much.
They can tell you for certain it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And one of the things that I can tell you is certainly worth it because you're going to enjoy it is the Michelob Ultra. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And I can tell you this, no matter what game this Grizzlies team is playing, as long as this roster is playing together, especially this this team being led by players who love being led by John Morant, they can tell you that enjoyment is the whole game and the end game. And if you enjoy watching this team as a fan, enjoy it a bit more with the Michelob Ultra. It'll make your experience that much better. The summer is right around the corner, and with that being said, me and my fam- me and my family have been on multiple trips over the past few months. I'm sure you and your family either have been on trips or are planning trips, and that probably means that your car needs to be working at the best that it can. And if that's the case, repairs may be needed. New parts may be ne- may be needed as well. That's the case. The one place that has you covered is RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a great place. It's a great Source to use for a variety of reasons. You're likely going to be able to find what you need because of how easy it is to use. And number two, you're probably going to find what you need because regardless of the make and model and the part that you need, rockauto.com is likely to have it. Whether you do your own repairs, you do repairs for others for a living, or you need others to do your repairs, I can tell you rockauto.com is also a great place because it's economically feasible. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for nearly 20 years They know that car parts typically fall out of budget, and for that reason, they try to make things as cost-friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all the joy, enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Want to remind everyone on tonight, for tonight, we will have our weekly Let's Talk Grizzness Locked on Grizzlies episode on the Locker Room app. A lot of fun things to talk about. I wish that we were going to be able to talk about uh, Game 6 returning to the grindhouse for the Grizzlies to have another chance to extend their season. Unfortunately, it was just not in the cards. So instead, we'll have some fun talking about this playoff series against the Jazz and some things we're really looking forward to. So I want to remind everyone of the Let's Talk Grizzlies weekly Locked on Grizzlies episode on the Locker Room app tonight at 8 o'clock. So the Grizzlies obviously... Their season has now ended, and though they got off to a surprising start, number one, beating the Warriors to even make the playoffs, and then surprising the basketball world by winning game one. Once Donovan Mitchell returned, and once the Jazz were at full strength, they just simply outclassed the Memphis Grizzlies. There obviously was a significant, significant difference in talent between the Memphis the Utah Jazz and Memphis Grizzlies, and even when it comes to the ability to make adjustments and coach. There's, again, the reason why the Utah Jazz were the best team in the NBA. But still, four takeaways, four instant reaction takeaways that I feel not only let the Grizzlies kind of know a bit about themselves in the present 
some critical information about them in the present, but also the clear areas where they must improve if they want to build off this and make this the first of many consecutive trips to the playoffs and hopefully them involving into a sustainable winner and even title contender in the future. First thing is simply this. Ja Morant is a player who can play a significant role on a championship-level team. And when I'm talking about a significant role, I mean being a top-two player on a championship-level team. Now, that may be be a bit of a hot take or a bit of a drastic opinion based off one playoff series. But consider this. In terms of his age, very, very few players made the amount of history in terms of production that John Morant did in his debut playoff series. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. Again, we'll break it down a bit more tomorrow when we get in-depth reviewing this playoff series against the Jazz. But the one name, or the two names that consistently were in many of the rare groups that John Morant is now in because of how well he did in his first playoff series are Luka Doncic and LeBron James. Now, I'm not saying that Jaw's on those the level of those players. He's not, likely never will be. But the point is, is that for Jaw to have shown what he could do to the level that he did it against the Golden State Warriors in that play-in elimination game just to make the playoffs, and the fact that he scored 31 points in Game 1 against the Jazz, scored 47 points on their home court to lead the Grizzlies back in Game 2, and then continued to show quality performance after quality performance in Game 3 and Game 4 is just absolutely phenomenal. Yes, as we talked about yesterday, his shooting and his defense still are areas of needed improvement. He's a liability in those areas. But the thing about it is this, is that overall, he is so great at what he does at the strengths of his game, and he is so resourceful as a scorer and also as a playmaker for his teammates, he is still an overwhelming positive, just such a significant asset anytime he's on the court. I'm not necessarily going to say he could be the top player, the clear top player on the championship team. It's hard to say right now that he is that because so few point guards, traditional point guards, have been that in NBA history. But NBA history should not limit the potential that John Morant has. I'm not saying he's going to become a top 10 player all time. I'm not going to say he's going to become a Steph Curry type point guard when it comes to NBA playoff and title success. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is this, is that John Morant has clearly shown at the end of this season, at the end of the regular season, as well as the play-in tournament and the playoffs, that he is a star-level player now who is clearly on his way to being a superstar. And that though he is far from being the final version of himself, the version that he is right now still can clearly make a significant impact to the point of taking over games against the best the NBA has to offer on its biggest stage. And that is a wonderful development for not only John Morant, but the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, that certainly is a positive. The second takeaway is that the biggest area of improvement for the Grizzlies remains the same as it was last year. And that's the ability to both shoot and defend the three. The Grizzlies just had absolutely no chance to win this series 
after game one when the Jazz started shooting the three as well as they could and as well as they did over games two through five. Now, the thing about it is this, is that the Jazz as a team shot the three in terms of frequency frequency and accuracy at a historic rate compared to the rest of teams in NBA history during the regular season. But the Grizzlies are certainly a significant ways away from being a difference-making team, difference-making team when it comes to both shooting and defending the three. And that is two areas that the Grizzlies now know not only do they need to improve in, but two areas that are going to carry significantly more value in the postseason than they do in the regular season. And so that remains, the, the ability to produce on the perimeter, both offensively and defensively, that remains the biggest areas of growth for this Grizzlies team. The other thing that stands out is that Taylor Jenkins certainly is the right fit at coach for this team in terms of where they are right now. But there are areas of growth for him as well. When it comes to adjustments, when it comes to lineups, when it comes to the willingness to make the drastic moves that need to be made to put his team in a position to win. All those things were areas that he struggled with in this playoff series, and it makes perfect sense. Going against the best team in the NBA, going against a coach that was literally his mentor. Nobody expected Taylor Jenkins to make the needed adjustments to be able to win this series. That was unfair. Could he have done better? Sure. Is he going to clearly have to do significantly better in the future for the Grizzlies to start to make noise in the playoffs and start to progress in the playoffs? Absolutely. So nobody is unfairly criticizing. I don't think that it's fair to be disappointed with how Coach Taylor Jenkins performed in this playoff series. I just think that we clearly see that like this roster, he himself clearly has many more evolutions of himself personally before we see the final version of him as a coach who can truly add value for a team that hopefully will be at a championship level at some point in the future. And the fourth thing is, is that this team, while it is a very good team that showed it belonged in the playoffs, this is a team that also now has proof that the identities and strengths of the roster right now, those are going to have to change in the future for this team to truly be able to have success in the playoffs. The strengths of this team, depth, defense, and production in the paint, they're fine. They worked out. They worked out to the Grizzlies' advantage in the regular season. But in terms of who their best players are, and in terms of those best players having to play more extended minutes in the playoffs and there being shorter rotation of 8 to 9 men instead of 11 to 12, that actually put the Grizzlies at a bit of a disadvantage. You know, anybody would have been at a disadvantage against the Jazz, but it certainly put the Grizzlies at a disadvantage with the lineups that they chose to put out there and the fact that their defense was not effective at all. And obviously the you know shooting woes as well. This Grizzlies team certainly should be complimented and admired for the development of the youth that it has, for the depth that it has, and for the productivity and versatility of how young of a group this is. But it is now more clear than ever. This playoff series over the past few weeks, it's become more clear than ever 
that at some point, and likely, there's reason now for this occurrence to be sooner rather than later, at some point, quantity is going to have to turn into quality. So this playoff series, I think, also clearly proved that the Grizzlies have every reason and must make some very significant decisions as far as its roster structure going forward for it to be able to take the next step that many are going to expect for it to make in the next year or two based off how well it played this year. So the four instant reactions are John Morant is a star and superstar in the making who clearly can play a highly significant role on a championship-level team. Shooting and defending the three still remains an area where this team has no choice but to get significantly better in in order to have playoff success. Taylor Jenkins had a very successful season, but he himself has plenty of growth and plenty of areas to improve as a coach for him to add the value that's going to be needed for him to be the coach of this team once it becomes a sustainable winner. And the identities and strengths of this team, as well as the roster, doesn't need an overhaul. But there still is plenty of changes to be made for this team to not only have regular season success, but also to have playoff success in the future. I'm not saying half the roster needs to be traded tomorrow, though some may find that hard to believe. But I am saying that changes clearly do need to be made, and the Grizzlies have even more reason to seek out those changes because of how successful they've been through this rebuild so far. But while these four observations have more to do with the Grizzlies going forward, there's plenty of reason also to, to take a little bit of time and cherish the experience that this series was specifically against the Utah Jazz going forward. Coming up, just like I had four instant reactions to this series overall for the Grizzlies going forward, four reactions to why this series was such a experience to cherish for Grizzlies fans now and into the future. I imagine for all of us there are certain ways, and it differs between all of us, that we'd like to start off our day. But one thing I can tell you is this, is that one thing I think many of us share is that we would like to start off our day in ways that provide healthy benefits. And one of the best ways to do that is to choose a healthy snack, and the best tasting protein bar out there right now is Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, the snack that you can have for breakfast, or you can have in the afternoon as a simple snack, before or after a workout maybe. But if you start your day off with Built Bar, it's going to be something that you're going to routinely do, and it's going to be something that's going to in inspire you to do other healthy things throughout your day as well. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can find 18 different flavors to choose from when it comes to the Built Bar taste preferences that you have. You can also put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, lock 15 and get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Once you add Built Bar to your day, it's going to be a part of your routine every day. Go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Obviously, the NBA playoffs have been exciting. The NHL playoffs have been exciting. Baseball season is starting to get even more exciting with the fact that we're already in June. But regardless of what you sport you cheer for and what athletes you love, if betting and wagering on sports is part 
of what makes you enjoy being a fan. I've got the one place that has you covered, and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams preps for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and put in the promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Obviously, we all love a cup of coffee in the morning. Well, the Locked On Podcast Network version of that is the Locked On Today podcast. On today's episode of the Locked On Today podcast, Trey Young takes a bow at Madison Square Garden as the Knicks are eliminated. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, want to remind our listeners, both those who have been both uh, those who have been with us for a while, as well as any new listeners, again, go to either the Android or, or the iOS app store, download the Lock Room app, create a free profile, and get into the chat rooms if you enjoy chatting with other fans about sports. And do it because tonight at eight, via Locked On Grizzlies, our Let's Talk Grizzness weekly episode on the Lock Room app, talking about everything regarding the Grizzlies this series, the season, whatever it may be. We will love for you to join us later tonight at 8 o'clock on the Locker Room app for Let's Talk Grizzness. Also want to say on tomorrow's episode, we're going to get in detail about this series as a whole. Where the Grizzlies had some success, where they obviously struggled, putting some historical perspective on the performances of John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and others, and obviously what areas the Grizzlies specifically really need to identify when it comes to you know, making the team better this offseason and beyond. That'll be on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. But so in the second segment, I gave four instant reactions that, you know, describe, you know, where the team is and what it needs to be going forward. But I also want to give four quick reasons why this series in and of itself was such an experience to cherish for the Grizzlies and their fans. And number one, it's just the experience. You know, just the experience in a few different instances. You know, the Grizzlies players being able to experience them reaching a major goal that they had at the beginning of the season, which was making the playoffs. Them being able to experience the heightened, you know, just anticipation, level of play, preparation, all that different stuff that goes into the playoffs. The fans being able to experience the enjoyment of having a playoff atmosphere back in the grindhouse and the fact that they were able to do it because the pandemic has, you know, started to, you know, we started getting back to normal a bit. The fans could be there themselves to witness playoff basketball. And the fact that the Grizzlies were able to overcome odds, rough play towards the end of the year, elimination games against teams at or better than their level, beating all-time greats in the process, Having that game one win and shocking the world, the experience itself is the first reason why this was such an experience to cherish, not only for now, but in the future. Such a great and monumental checkpoint for this new generation of Grizzlies to build off of going forward. Obviously, 
It also was a wonderful experience because of the fact that it involved Mike Conley. And the reason why it was was because obviously Mike Conley means so much to so many. You know, even if there are so few parts of this current version of the Grizzlies franchise that have direct ties to Mike Conley. Really, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas are really the only ones who have experience playing with Conley. And, you know, the coaching staff that's here and the front office that's here, they don't really have direct experience with Mike Conley being a part of this team. But it still was very, very significant that the Grizzlies were able to take on Mike Conley, that Mike Conley was able to come back to the FedEx Forum and was able to play once again. Because so much of this team is, in a way, directly related to Mike Conley. Besides Jaw and Jaron, who were drafted directly through having high lottery picks, besides Kyle and Jonas, to an extent, who came over via trades and free agency, a few others came over via free agency as well, much of this team's depth is directly tied to the trade of Mike Conley to the Utah Jazz. And the fact that two years later, based off what arguably is the best trade in the history of this franchise, the trade that really molded this roster to be what it is today, the fact that two years later, the Grizzlies are facing Mike Conley and the Utah Jazz in the playoffs is an amazing turn of events. Mike Conley cherished this opportunity. You could tell from the interactions that he had with the players, from him hugging Team Morant, from him high-fiving and hugging Zach Randolph in Game 4 in the grindhouse. But it also is very significant that Mike Conley was able to play against the Memphis Grizzlies in his first step towards his best chance of winning a title and likely what will be his best chance. Much like when Marcus All was traded to the Toronto Raptors, and he was a final piece of the puzzle that allowed the Raptors to win the 2018-2019 NBA title, Mike Conley has kind of been that final puzzle piece with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to put this Jazz team in a position to win a title. And so it was awesome to see Mike Conley, though yes, the Jazz, you know, absolutely outclassed the Grizzlies in this series. It was awesome to see Mike Conley being such a huge part of it. And I think that many Grizzlies fans are going to become jazz fans to support Conley's efforts moving forward. Another thing that really makes this a significant experience in its own right, this playoff series is a significant experience in its own right, is the fact that the Grizzlies now have proof of what they can become. With a competent front office, with good drafting, with the commitment to a blueprint, and with the idea that it takes an experience, that it takes a process to get where they want to be, they played a team in the Utah Jazz, another small market team. They played a team in the Utah Jazz that shows proof that if you do things right, from top of the organization of the front office to the bottom of the 10th or 11th man in the rotation of the roster. If everybody commits to doing it right, you can succeed to the level of being a championship contender. And so not only do the Grizzlies have proof of what a, a final versions of themselves could look like in the future through what the Utah Jazz are now, 
It also was a valuable experience because this Grizzlies team, though they did just, though making the playoffs in and of itself is great, they also had their playoff experience against the best team in the NBA. You want a litmus test of where you are? You want a true measuring stick, a true barometer of where you are versus where you need to be? It's playing against the best team in the NBA that is playing like the best team in the NBA in a playoff series. That's the best way for this Grizzlies team to know not only where they stand now, but what they need to do to get to where they need to be in order to be a team that once it makes the playoffs can make noise once it gets there. So it's not only the fact that they played the Jazz and have proof that in a small market they can become not only a sustainable winner and a perennial playoff contender, but in time a championship contender. They gained an idea of what it's going to take for this current roster to get there in time. That's a huge, huge benefit in the present and future for this Grizzlies team. So along with just the experience of making the playoffs, reaching their goal, and and having success along the way to making the playoffs, beyond being able to play in a playoff series against Mike Conley, and it kind of being a true passing of the torch from one generation to another, and beyond the Grizzlies having proof that a small market not only can become a championship contender, but the Grizzlies also gain an understanding of what they need to do to get to that level in time and understand the right way of getting to that level. It's the simple fact that this Grizzlies team, on many levels, was able to end their season on a better-than-expected positive note. Go back exactly a month. Go back to May 2nd of this season. The Grizzlies are right in the middle of losing, in, in a week's time frame, losing a game on the road to the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons within a week's time frame. Pretty down spot in the year. A spot where many were starting to realize, okay, it doesn't look as favorable as we might have once thought it did, that this Grizzlies team is going to make the playoffs. But after that, this team rallied together. Over a week's time frame, or within 10 days, they were able not only to actually end the season with the winning record at home where they had struggled for much of the season, but they were able to do it by winning an elimination game against the Spurs. And then winning an elimination game with John Morant absolutely delivering as a franchise-level superstar and beating Steph Curry and the Warriors one-on-one. To a playoff series with the Jazz in which we get clear proof John Morant can be the superstar that many anticipate him to be, can be the big part of a championship roster that many of us hope he can be. But also the breakout of Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. ending the season on a much more positive note than many haven't anticipated because his play improved. And this Grizzlies team showing and knowing and gaining an understanding that they belong in the playoffs. They can continue to exceed expectations because of how well they play together and how much fun they have playing together. The many layers of unexpected, but so much, but so valuable levels of exceeding expectations this team was able to accomplish in just a few short weeks is invaluable. They have multiple elimination game victories under their belt. They have their first playoff win as a team under their belt. 
They have multiple players who have stepped up and made themselves a clear part of their future now instead of their future being questioned. They're in a much more healthier position as well since no one is ending the season with injuries. They not only can go into an offseason to build off the positive experience of making the playoffs, they could also go into the offseason healthy to where everybody can focus on improving their game instead of just trying to regain their health. That is such a monumental way to end this season versus where many of us thought it might end based off how things were looking just a month ago. So, so many reasons to cherish this experience for the Memphis Grizzlies. So many good ways or avenues to understanding of where this team is now and where they need to be going forward. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing them take all this knowledge and figure this thing and figure stuff out in the offseason. And that's where we are. But the thing is, is that the grind does not stop just because the season is ended for the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. We're going to be with you here every single day throughout the rest of the playoffs, throughout the offseason, because so much fun remains. We're going to have season reviews with special guests next week. We're going to have player reviews as the season goes along as well. Once we get later into June and in July, prospect profiles, draft talk, getting ready for free agency, seeing what major team decisions are made when it comes to contract decisions, potential trades, so on and so forth. So many fun things to discuss as we continue to try to not only see what's going to happen, but speculate on what's going to happen as this team continues to evolve. All I'll say is it's going to be a fun ride. It's been a pleasure having you along so far. The thing is, it's going to get even better going forward. Once again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSCC on Twitter. You can find the podcast wherever it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. It's been a fun first season covering the Memphis Grizzlies with you. My pleasure, as always, I cherish every experience that I get to present to you the latest on everything Grizzlies. I know that it's been a fun experience for everybody involved as well from all the interactions and conversations that I've had. It's going to be even more fun as we continue to go forward. I hope that you have a great day. Join us tonight for Let's Talk Grizzness on the Locker Room app. Listen in tomorrow as we break, as we do deep dives into what all this series means for the Grizzlies in the present and the future. And stay with us as we've got plenty of exciting content coming up as this offseason unfolds. Hope you have a great Thursday, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.